bother. Yeah, why should I even bother with this? What I mean, is the I took notes. Point? I took what, notes. I what did homework. is the point of this? You took notes? Yeah. By the way, I took over the podcast last week. I, don't, I, I hope you didn't mind. It's fine. Well, you went to Oaxaca. I was elsewhere occupied. Yes. How was the wedding this time in Oaxaca? It was beautiful. It was my first gay wedding. Oh. Yeah. Two boys or two girls? Two boys. Oh. It was my best friend. My best friend. I've known him since high school. Is gay marriage legal in Oaxaca? Uh, it's legal in the whole country. Uh, technically. But, but there's technically, a lot of states where you yeah, need to... Like, yeah, okay. So there was... Okay, if, you, if you're listening from the states, um, gay, the, the situation on gay marriage here in Mexico is a bit... Um, complicated. And in, and in the US, it's also a bit complicated because there's also some states that are just very unwilling to marry the gays. So it's kind but of the same situation because it was a Supreme Court ruling here of, as well, right? It was kind of. Court, yeah. I, it, it's different. It, it, I mean, I don't know exactly the details, but what happens here is the, the National Supreme Court said it's uh, illegal for state uh, the states to deny same-sex uh, same couples the right to marry. Yeah. Um, and but so far only fourteen out of thirty one states. Marty Leon does not know how many oh, states crap. we've got in Mexico, and I'm not going to tell him. I'm not going to tell him. He's just going to have to live. <laughs> thirty one states and one district of it. Well, no longer. Oh, so he doesn't even know where he lives. He doesn't even know the de- denomination of our current place of residence. Well, it's no longer the district of Federal. They changed it. So because we were changing the constitution, and anyway, look. It, the point is... The point is, 14 states have uh, changed the language in their constitution so that same-sex marriage can go through without any issue. The rest of them, uh, whether they be 2 or 57... <laughs> as it turns out, though, uh, apparently, as for, uh, a friend of mine who's a lawyer told me this, that in the actual Mexican constitution, like the, the main one, there is it doesn't say anywhere that marriage is between a man and a woman. Yeah, because they changed it. Citizens. No, it always said citizens. Really? This lawyer friend of mine told me. Like, it, it always said citizens. It was never gendered. Oh, I had, I, had the, I had the idea. Well, that's another interesting thing. Uh, I should do another podcast. But anyway, uh, technically, uh, unlike sodomy laws in the U.S. that did outlaw uh, gay relationships, you know, if they caught you having the gay sex. Anal sex. Exactly. Uh, they, that, that, was, I mean, there was an actual, that was an actual crime, sodomy. Here in Mexico, we imported uh, the French laws, which did not um, uh, did not criminalize uh, sodomy. You leave that to the French. It's just, but uh, anal sex is important. Exactly. Eventually, you. And it's not to... even, and and and, and, they, and, and they were just protecting the right to straight people. It wasn't even about the gays. But anyway, um, no. The what happened was that. Uh, of course they still got arrested and of course they still got sent to forced labor camps and worst. Oh yes. And worse. No, yes, yes. Uh, we are not but they did it under buenas costumbres. Faltas right. al moral. Yeah, like moral behavior. Yeah, they said it was just, this is an immoral behavior yeah. and we as the law need to do something about it. So mm-hmm. that's Mexican history with Luis Augusto and Martin Leon. So the wedding, basically, <laughs> no, the civil ceremony was here in Mexico City, and then the um, the the actual ceremony, the um, with the guests and everything was at uh, the party at the twelfth. Yeah, and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful wedding. Uh, my friend and his now husband are both very very happy. They both look like they should be. I mean, it's it's been days since. So yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, congratulations to them if they ever find themselves listening to this. Uh, and I think that's it. So maybe we should just go to our Mexican... Th- no, wait, no, we shouldn't. No. Fuck. 
because this is why you should do this. This is why you're the logistics expert. Let me introduce to you my co-host, Martin Leon, that ex-boyfriend whom you just want to leave in the past, but your mum keeps texting him. <laughs> Moms love me. I, I, you know, no, I, like, you look like that guy. Like, you know, I'd come home and my mum's like, oh, I've been texting Martin. Why aren't you guys together anymore? Like, you should give him another chance. Like, the only reason why that, that it happened with my ex-boyfriend's mom because she was a raging homophobe. <laughs> well. But his stepmom did like me. Complicated. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, or your stepmom. I mean, yeah, all families are family. Exactly. Uh, so let me introduce my co-host. Uh, the fear within him is beyond anything your soul can make. You cannot kill him in a way that matters. This is Luis Augusto. This is true, and it, 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 it's accurate, and I like it. If I can, if I can have a vanity plate with all of that, I'll just definitely have it. Yeah. Yeah. I also like this description because it also it's a shit post on Tumblr describing fungus. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it as a compliment. I'm resilient like fungi. Exactly. I especially like that part. You cannot kill him in a way that matters. Exactly. I um, like that. I like that. It's, it's an amazing very, line. It's like the um like the words of some house from Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> you cannot kill us in any significant way. Are you a Game of Thrones fan? I am a big Game of did Thrones fan. Did you see the huge battle type thing? Yes, they I just did. Had? I did. I was screaming. A lot of people didn't like it. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I thought it was I th I thought it was a good payoff. I don't know if it was worth to Two episodes of exposition and reminding everyone where someone is. You know, it's you know that thing that. Well, it's been a while since <clears throat> last season. True, but I mean, the thing is that it's you know we, we no longer need to. I don't know why some screenwriters still have this need to remind everyone. It's like this chess piece episode where you just need to remind everyone. Okay, so this character is here and she wants this, and this character is here and he wants this other thing, and just reminding people. And nothing really happened for two episodes. Nothing yeah. really happened, and that, it was a good payoff. I thought. I don't know if it was worth it, but it was good, and I, I like it, and I'm looking yeah. forward to the next episode. I stopped watching Game of Thrones around season four because okay. I didn't need the negativity in my life. Yes, well, it's a very, <laughs> I always actually I ever stopped watching it. If, if by the way, if you're listening and you haven't seen or read Game of Thrones or you know Song of Ice, or like read the comic, or read the comic, whatever, have a friend who tells you about it. Yeah, spoiler yeah. warning. I actually stopped reading the book, uh, the third book. When they killed off my favorite character, I, I just okay. threw it across the room. It was um, Catelyn Stark. She was my favorite character, and they kill her off in the the Red Wedding. The yes, the Red, Red wedding. wedding. And I was so angry. I li literally just threw the book across the room, and I didn't touch it for Aww. months. Oh, I was I was so heartbroken. I was very heartbroken. So I do have a heart. You know. But uh, hashtag spoiler alert again. Doesn't she come back in the book? In the book she comes back, yeah. In the book she... In the book. In the book. She, yeah, she's brought back. Like like many other characters do get brought back, she gets brought back. Yeah. I think they didn't want to, like... Because this other character who's really major does come back as well. Mm -hmm. I think in the books, because it's so much more complicated and convoluted, you really have a tolerance for, okay, so some people are coming back. Like, this is just a thing that is happening in this world. But in the TV show, I think they were afraid of using the same gimmick more than once. Yes. So they just wanted to save it for the m more main characters. Also, makeup is expensive, you know? And actors are expensive. True, true, true. And, true. you know... Michelle Fairley, who's just amazing. And it's not like they don't have enough characters to be, like, juggling around with call sheets and wardrobe. Yeah, they were like, she's dead. We're done. We're like, done. It's, it's done. It's yeah. fine. Well, it's not fine. It was awful, actually. It was dreadful. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, just quickly, have you watched Avengers Endgame? I have not. Neither have I. I, I am losing <laughs> nerd cred by the second. I never had any cred. But it's fine, because I've read the fanfics. Like, at the right. end, Captain America and Tony Stark get married. Oh. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be a beautiful wedding. Oh, my God. A bit too Republican. It's going to be like a gay Republican wedding. It's yes. It's going to be like, oh, the yes, senator yes, yes, is yes, here. Yes, yes. But, but, yeah, exactly. Totally, totally. totally. It's going to be like, uh, I'm not going to get into <laughs> Marvel weddings right now. So, anyway... Uh, we're not recording, uh, this day, I mean, recording this day because there's, anyway. Can what we, can I, we what not I, record what, this day? What am I talking about? When is it today? Am I high? No. Um, okay. This episode is going up on Monday, May the 5th, or as it has been known to Americans for a couple of years now, several years. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. How many pronunciations of Cinco de Mayo are they? I like mayo because it's like <laughs> Cinco de Mayo and Cuatro de Mustard. You know, it's like, I like that. But yeah, it's a thing there. Yeah. Not here. Not here. Well, Puebla, because it's the Battle of Puebla, but... But, I mean, yes, but the thing is, it's one of these, one of those things that something, some, something got lost in translation, like I know that there's a huge Mexican American community, and many of them are first generation, or even like some first or second generation uh, uh, immigrants or yeah, arrivals, um, and they have this obviously this very strong sense of culture and so- strong sense of heritage. I just don't know where it got lost that uh, Cinco de Mayo is the the big holiday, the well, big national um, holiday. Like, from what I know, it was sort of a commercial strategy, like a lot of holidays in the U.S. Like are. There was a void in Mayo, and they had to... Yes, totally. They wanted to do something uh, for the Latinos, basically. Because we do... Cause I think February is Black History Month. Um, do we have a big holiday in February? Flag uh, Day. We have Flag Day. St. Valent- Valentine's. Right. But, I mean, Mexican. Like, they had to give them we, a We have holiday. Flag Day, yeah. On but But what happened was they wanted to have, like, something... And so for a while they, for a while, I don't know exactly how it happened, but basically uh, the two main parties we have here are September 16th, which is uh, Independence, Independence, Independence yeah. Day, and November 20th, which is the revolution. Yeah. Um, and over there in November they have Thanksgiving, yes. and September, uh, I think it's something, I forget. They have Labor Day, but Labor like, Day again, or, it's not a big thing, but it, I think it's a but, big but, but, but anyway, so basically they were like, okay, where can we, where can we have like a Latino party and just like make a big color blue and sell a whole bunch of sombreros and sarapes and, you know, culturally yes. appropriate things to be wearing. Um, and they just landed on Cinco de Mayo, which was not the also, of course, it, ha- it, it matters that the Cinco de Mayo, uh, the Battle of Puebla, the one that celebrates, it, they won against... It's a Mexican battalion winning against the French. Momentarily. Momentarily, totally. They Most, lost that war. They lost the war, but they, won that, but they, they won, won that battle, battle against take, the French. And I, I don't know, and I don't know if you've noticed, but the Americans... Don't really care for the French. Nobody cares for the French. I care for the French. It's okay. The French care care enough for for themselves. The French care enough for themselves to, you know, like. So that's what I mean, and that's I mean, those has to do that. uh, It's like they won a battle against an invading, like you know, Americans like, oh my God, we won against an invading force, but you know, we were not going to be celebrating something that you know celebrates a battle against. 
They, when, when, the Uni- when the Americans invaded, so... Quite successfully, yes. I might add. Oh, by yeah. the way. It's one of those things that, you know, I remember... Has anyone ever not successfully invaded Mexico? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And I like that we're still Mexico. Like, they come, they invade, and they're like, it's fine, you can, like... They take something. Well, yeah, I mean, they took half of Mexico, half yeah. of, the, of the north... The North. The North. In the North. They took the North. We would have Yorkshire here in Mexico, but we don't. We would have Disneyland here. Yeah, Disneyland. No. It's one of those things that when you explain to someone that is not that big a deal. It reminds me of the time that I um, I told my, a friend of mine who's Jewish. Uh, and now I know a lot of Jewish people. I know a lot about Jewish um, uh, celebrations and whatnot. But back then, I was like, and what? I was, you know, such a man of the world. I was like, and what are you going to do for Hanukkah? And my friend was like, nothing. I was like, what? but Hanukkah, it's like a big Jewish holiday. And he was like, it's not even the sixth most important one in the calendar. Like Hanukkah is just a thing that you do. But of course, because I'm such a Westerner, I was like, it's close to Christmas. It's your Christmas. You spin the thingy and you, <laughs> and you sing something in Hebrew. And I was be- being very, like he was very patient. This friend was very patient with me. I, I, do, yeah. I, I do like it when people are patient. With people who are learning. Yeah. Well, you know, but you take what you get. Same as with Cinco de Mayo, you know. So. I mean, the thing about Cinco de Mayo also um, is that it is actually really good for Latino businesses in the it's, in the yeah. US. No, definitely. Uh, I mean, as much as you might dislike Tex-Mex food, a lot of Latino families have Tex-Mex restaurants and they make a lot of money. Because, like, it's... But it's not just, like, Cinco de Mayo, like... The whole month yeah. is like, holy crap, let's drink margaritas, let's eat tacos, let's eat burritos. And you know what? Like, let's this is this is where I get, I, get, I have mixed feelings about the, the, the phenomenon of margaritas, of cultural appropriation. Okay. Because like, on the one hand, yes, a culture is not a costume. And I expect people to know that a culture is not a costume. And yet, sometimes... That's how cultural inclusion happens. It begins with a with a costume, and then, as you say, businesses, uh, you know, make a lot of money, and there's a lot of support for the Latino community. So, you know, would I, me personally, feel offended as a Mexican that someone is wearing a sombrero? I wouldn't. I mean, but you know, I no. I, 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 I mean. I'm totally on your side here, uh, so this is going to be a boring conversation because we're both agreeing. No, I, I, I understand. Like, uh, cultural appropriation in itself, it's a neutral term. It's just meaning one culture, t- you know, taking a signifier of another culture. Yeah. That's it. Um, and you can talk a lot about, you know, uh, how, you know, power structures between, between, uh, between communities and between cultures, but also... A lot. One a thing that's happening a lot in several places. It's cultures are mixing. Yes. And if you have a white parent and a Mexican parent, and you look more white, uh, well, it you still you still have a Mexican heritage. Yes, exactly. And a white heritage, so you can have a Cinco de Mayo party and a gender reveal party. <laughs> which is yeah, really, which that, is that's white. that's wonderful. The gender reveal. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. I'm planning on writing about this. Oh good, me too. Do for oh, I'm gonna have to murder you. Damn it! God damn it! 
Uh, anyway, um, anyway, so yeah, I totally agree, and I do think there is a very, uh, there does exist a way for you to approach another culture, yeah. and be respectful, and have fun with it, also, like, it's fine, you know, like, not everything uh, has to be super serious, super safe space, exactly, yeah. um, and also I like how Cinco de Mayo is becoming... A Mexican-American holiday. Like, yes. it's not really even for us. No. Like, I would never celebrate Cinco de Mayo here. No. But if I happen to be in Los Angeles during Cinco de Mayo, I would fucking join that. Because I consider it, like, last time I was in the States last year, I was there for 4th of July. And it wasn't like, oh, you're not American. Don't come. No. They were like, join us, the fireworks and the barbecue and the whatever. And it was so, I, I had a blast. It was brilliant. Yes. But, like, I, I think it's it's very nice that, there are new new things coming from the mixing of cultures, as you say. But I, think, I think going to a Cinco de Mayo party in the US is... All, like, you know, we have a tiny Chinese square here in downtown Mexico City. Yes. And for the new year, uh, you know, they have, a, they have like the whole celebration and fireworks and the whole thing. Yeah. And a lot of people go. And a lot of people, like, oh, you know, they want to have fun. They buy a kimono. They, like, you know, they, they, they wear things that a lot of people that are very um, intense would go, ah, gasp. About. That's not even Chinese. Exactly. But everything is Chinese. Even all your fourth of your life, things are Chinese. The, the, the Jap- everything the, the the Japanese Zinkan language is Chinese. Like, it's just like... Anime is Chinese. We're go, all Chinese. Go back enough and everything <laughs> is just Chinese. The world was made in China. Guacamole <laughs> is Chinese. Civilization, made in China. Made in China. <laughs> so. So, uh, so, that was the Mexicans showed up for the day. Cinco de Mayo. Have you, uh, do you celebrate Cinco de Mayo where you live? Do you care about it? Oh, I thought you were asking <laughs> No, I was like, I'm asking, tell us, you know, yes. tell us. We are on Twitter and Actually, Instagram. Actually, I and, do, I have celebrated Cinco de Mayo, like, last year. because. Of- I, Course. Because I have a lot of Amer- American friends, and they're like, "Oh, Cinco de Mayo," and I'm like, "Okay, sure, Cinco de Mayo." And they're like, "Oh, margaritas," I'm like, "Yeah, margaritas." I do love a margarita. I mean, I do like a margarita. I love margarita. I love anything that's sugary and with a lot of booze. Something that will make me drunk very quick. Yeah. Although I am a lightweight, so like, just... you have to be careful. Yeah, and I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I like to drink like dry martinis because that's the only way I can actually keep track of dry time. martini is pure alcohol. That's the, that's the point. You, you, it it reminds you of what you're drinking. True. It reminds you that you're drinking alcohol. You're supposed to taste the, the alcohol and enjoy the taste of alcohol, um, which I do. I like it, but you never get carried away with dry martinis because you know exactly that you're drinking pure alcohol and it's nice and chilled and it's nice and you know you can sip it but you're not supposed to down it the problem with margaritas is they're incredibly sweet and they're usually served in very hot places yes. so you'll just like oh it's frozen oh, exactly I love those fishbowl margaritas and by love I mean I have a love-hate relationship with them in which they exist and I love them for existing but they hate me and wish I would stop existing. <laughs> They're not alone in this sentiment. We're over. Right? We're over that part. If I that. were a cocktail, I would be not just any margarita, but that margarita that wants you to That last it. margarita. Yes, exactly. Anywho. Anywho. Um, what's, what's our topic for the day? We're do- we have home. We had homework. We had we, homework. We, we left each other homework. Uh, we, we told to each well, We don't know much about Lenovo's. We don't. Uh, in my house, we were f- expressly forbidden from watching telenovelas. Was it the same thing at your house? It was pretty much the same thing, yeah. Like, it was... 
I would love to say it was because my mum was concerned with our education, and to a degree this is true, but it's also because telenovelas have a big, um, you know, they have they are, for many people, tainted with the tastes of the lower class. Yes, you of know, course. It's like, oh, poor people watch telenovelas, rich people watch, I don't know, what do they watch? Cable. Golf. <laughs> well, that's the thing, for example, I don't, my, my, my mum did not want one in watching telenovelas, but I watched the whole of Felicity, which is a huge telenovela. I, I did watch Grey's Anatomy. Exactly, which yeah. is a huge telenovela. Um, so, same thing here. My my mom, education, blah, 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 blah. But also, don't watch. I mean, I think we mentioned this, like, like if you have, I mean, for lack of a better word, maid in your house, she would usually be watching telenovelas while she, like, Iron the shirts. I've heard this from many people. I, I didn't have a maid in my house because, you know, we, All right. we don't believe in slave labor in my family. But uh, the truth is... No, I'm sorry. Your father's from Spain. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. He Your father used to be a priest. <laughs> Ooh, bring it. Yes, it's true. I really shouldn't have said that. But anyway, the point is... Oh, it's fine. It, it's wasn't fine. About, it wasn't it's about just that. Me, it's just me not wanting to take... Not but wanting you to take them away. For a long time, we didn't have cable TV. So okay. it was like... At some point during the day, it was all just telenovelas yeah. everywhere. Like there was like Channel 5, which was kind of like for kids. And Channel 7, which was kind of like for kids as yeah. well. But other than that, it was just telenovelas but all the time. Telenovelas for kids were also a thing. Are still. My, my sister watched several of them, yeah. Yeah, I never, I never even got into them. Like, you know, I went, I, I went into anime pretty early. Which is non telenovela at all, right? It's 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 it's. it's, it's I mean, I watch uh, this this series called Candy Candy. I've heard of this. Which is, I've heard of this. I, this is a rumor I heard, but Candy Candy and Remy, which were these two Japanese animations that were like drama, drama. Everyone dies, you know, like and everything's so sad, and everyone's an orphan or on they're the process of becoming yeah. an orphan uh, or losing a child. There is a rumor that. Uh, some of those Japanese animations actually surpassed the telenovelas in rating oh. because, like, moms were watching that too. They that were, is ridiculous. That, it's, a, it's a nerve. Wow. I, I hope it's true. Me I, too. I, I hope it's true. But yeah, I, 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 missed, I missed this entire part of Mexican culture. And I'm actually quite glad that we gave each other this assignment because it was, like, I was, it was a genuinely cultural experience for me. And I'm happy Me to too. have done this. Me too. I don't know if glad is the word I, I would am use. glad. Yes, why not? It's like, <laughs> it's like you know, going to the, to the Lucha Libre, you know, which is something we should talk about. Oh my God, yes. We should go to Lucha Libre. Oh, and we should talk about it. Yeah, like, oh, it, sequins? <laughs> sequins? There are a bunch of gay luchadores. There's a whole group of like, gay luchadores. There's a, actually, the, there's a, I don't know if, if she's trans, but, oh my God, there's this luchador whose name I forget right now, but... He's awesome. Really? Awesome, 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 awesome. And he's like, he does say like, uh, one of the reasons, like, the same way like I'm aggressively gay in, because when people see yeah. a gay person, it kind of gets normalized. Yeah. He says, that's why I'm on stage and I'm super flamboyant. And he, anyway, we'll talk about that. Uh, we haven't, we, we should get you know, an episode just to this guy. You had me at a gay man kicking a straight man's Oh, it's amazing. Just like, I would totally watch that. Just, yeah. So, uh, you had the assignment of watching 
Cuna de Lobos. Cuna de Lobos. Cradle of Wolves. Okay, Cradle of Wolves, yeah. A.K.A. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> A.K.A. the original title for Game of Thrones. A.K.A. George A. R. Martini. Exactly. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I saw uh, Cuna de Lobos. Why was I assigned this, Martin? Why did you assign me this telenovela? Uh, because I heard it was one of the better ones, and it was one that dealt with social issues, and it was like one of those... Uh, that people talk the next day is like, oh my god, what's happening? And it's, you know, it was with the times or trying to be. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> your, okay. your friends are wrong. I mean, I, I, I watched the first and second uh, episodes. Episode. Um, surprisingly little happens in them. And then again, a lot. Like, let me, let me, let's, let's dive into it. So, um... I like how quickly it goes into the drama. There's no setup. There's no like. That's a, that's a writing thing. You yeah. know, you you have to start in the middle of the action. Yeah, you start in the middle of the action, but like, but it's funny because it's like first scene, and you get this woman who you can only see her bun. She's wearing a very elaborate Mexican conservative bun. Of course. And you can only see the back of her head, and her, her husband is telling her, "I have found your secret." Dun, 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 I can't dun. believe you did this. I am taking you off the will. <laughs> like, this is seriously. First minute and a half, guy walks in, says, I know you big secret. Doesn't tell you, obviously doesn't tell you what secret is. Um, I'm taking you off the will and I'm telling our sons, basically I'm ruining your entire life. Okay. And then the woman turns around and she is missing an eye. She has an eye patch, of And course. she's got an eye patch, but what I love is that her eye patch matches her outfit. She's wearing this really 80s kind of like big shoulder pad jumpsuit dress. Not really a jumpsuit, but it was like this dress with a belt on it and so on. And it was burgundy and her eye patch is burgundy. And she turns around and she goes, oh. and she, that's literally, she just goes, oh. I wish I could take and the, the guy, And the guy just walk, walks out of the room and she immediately, she doesn't miss a beat. She goes to her dresser And she takes out a vial of poison from her, like you do. You know, it's like, oh, she was like pantyhose, bras, Every Mexican household has just a little vial of poison everywhere in the house. It was like a draw. I I like to think she had many of them and she was like, well, you know, we've got... You know, cyanide. And of course, with a little, with a beautiful bottle. No, it wasn't a beautiful bottle, no? actually. It was just like a regular kind of, the, the, the kind of bottle that I get my anxiety medication in. It was just a very regular kind of thing. Okay. But she had the poison and she poisons his orange juice. <sighs> This is the first minute and a half. She poisons his orange juice. And, you know, the last thing we see is like the guy going, I'm going to have breakfast and then I will ruin your life. <laughs> and then he walks out of the room and she just goes, ah, you know, she just has this glare thing going on. And then the next time you see her, she's like asking around, you know, what, did, who did he talk to? Like, did he say anything to anyone? And she's wearing a new outfit, even though it's the same day. She's wearing a new outfit. With a new eye patch? Yeah. But the thing is like, the outfit now is, it's, it's got... I just a- want to mention, before you continue, I just want to mention, that in the new in the new Madonna video with Maluma Medellin which is an awful song by the way but at least they made a cool video she also has a matching eye patch really so I mean you know L Driver and Kill Bill did the same thing yeah she, but she, who did it first this girl um, Catalina Krill Catalina Krill thank you that's her name and you know she's and then she's wearing this dress with this kind of geometric grey and white pattern and her eye patch has a geometric grey and white like 
You can tell that she, you know, she has obviously all of her clothes are bespoke. She, of course. She, and she has her tailor saying like, and please give me an eye patch that matches this outfit. You know, she can't just go with black, which goes with everything. She needs to, you know, she needs no, it to no, match. No, no, no. What are you? You know, and then there's, there's this really jarring kind of cut to the other girl. The girl, she's like this working class girl who is like... And, and I love how they spend so much time telling each other things that they already know. Like, the girl, you know, the girl and her mother. And her mother goes, you are, oh, you are such a brave girl. You're taking English lessons and you're taking administration lessons and you're taking this. And she tells, you know, I think... Mexican telenovela is the exact opposite of show, don't tell. Exactly. Uh, Mexican telenovela yeah. will tell you, like... And not only will they tell you things, they will show something and then tell you it happened. Yes. This also happened in my telenovela. But it, it, it is like the exact opposite from uh, screenwriting school where it's like, show, don't tell. No, here's like, tell it. Keep on telling it. Can you tell me more? <laughs> then again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just play kind of devil's advocate because, you know, it's kind of like everything they taught me not to write in playwriting school. But still, here's the thing. This was a time where obviously on-demand television was just out of the question. And people were like, you know, you, had to, you have to tell people things so that they catch up quickly. And the quickest way to, you know, to have things happen quickly is telling, not showing. And I'm, I'm going to defend Mexican It's super cheaper. It, it, it's cheaper. Not only cheaper. Like, I think it's equally valid. Like, come on. Shakespeare? The most celebrated playwright in history, possibly. Yeah. And he, you know, you start the, the scene and it's like, oh, Romeo, yeah, you have been had, sad for 14 days. They, they had, because it was a play that they had like one, you know, they had like the one stage and everything. Um, I am not going to argue with this right now. It's just, um, look, it was weird, but I was okay with it because it was so unapologetic about it. It was just like... Yeah. First minute and a half, you know who the bad woman is, you know who the good woman is. She's so virtuous and she's so hardworking. And she's like a hardworking woman of the 80s. You know, she's just like a bob cut and some shoulder pads and a heart. That's all she is. And then, of course, the guy crashes. This, this must have cost a lot to, 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 to shoot. But the guy who's been poisoned, he's driving his car and he crashes into this office building. Oh, no. And she is working there. She just got into work. And she and dies. No, she doesn't. The end. <laughs> she doesn't. But she goes into it like, oh, this poor man. And then someone comes in. Don't touch him. He is dead. And she reaches into the car and takes his wallet because she wants to call his family. And then she calls his family. Like my mom says, no hagas cosas buenas que parezcan malas. Exactly. Do not do good things that seem to be bad. That's a very Mexican kind of That's yeah. a, very, a very Mexican. I, there's a lot of non-Mexican things about my mom. The sayings are not one of them. Exactly. Um, and then that's the end of the episode. Like, literally, no, oh, okay, there's this kind of subplot that I guess it becomes a, a thing But later. it ends on a hangover. Well, on a crash. It ends on the, yeah, well, it, on the, it, on it the, ends with the crash and then the, 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 the you know, the evil eye patch woman, she's like trying uh. to. Try, uh, uh, <laughs> she's just burping she's around. Just, yeah. She just sounds she's just gassy. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. Maybe that's her secret. Yeah, that's, my, that's my secret, Cap. I'm always gassy. Catalina, I am going to tell everyone that you are so gassy. <laughs> Bye. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Immediately when you said, I, I, I know you have a secret, my, my mind immediately went with her hair is full of bees. Her hair is full of bees. <laughs> she's, one, she's one queen bee controlling a human automaton. It was 
amazing. It was just, I thought it was, and it ends on a high note. There's this like weird sub that what I really hated the most wasn't the writing, wasn't the plot. It was the close-ups. They have these really kind of like severe close-ups to the face. And the actors will often look at the camera. They will often like, I will find out the truth. And they look straight into the camera. And I can just imagine the 1980-something audiences go like, oh, he looked at me. This is like, this is so weird. It's so meta. It's breaking the fourth wall. Like, what am I just like? It was, that I hated. I hated the camera. I hated it. Uh, But I thought it was very unique. I've, I've definitely like... They they found a way to make this villain unique. You can tell that she is the one that everyone is having fun with. Catalina Kale basically yeah. defined telenovela villains. Uh, she was like, you see her and you immediately think telenovela, and she's the bad one. She, yeah, like, like no, but she's the bad one. And, and I'm telling you, I counted the seconds. It was 93 seconds. And she was already poisoning her husband. Why? Like, it was so she quick. She has stuff to do. Yeah. like Places to be. Busy woman. People to murder. Like, it, was the, it was the 80s. And in it breakfast, was, you know, like, I wouldn't murder anyone before dinner, you know? She was already she was already getting shit done. What have you ever done before breakfast? Nothing. Nothing. Like, if I brush my teeth, if I brush my teeth, I consider it like I am a responsible, functioning adult. She's, like, protecting her money and killing her husband. And I think that's just, you know, furthering my theory that she's actually full of peace. <laughs> There's this thing about, you know, the exposition gets so jarring at some point. Like this, um, her son's wife, uh-huh. uh, she's this very, very beautiful uh, actress. I don't even know her name, but a very beautiful actress. And she, um, her only conflict so far is that she can't have children. But the thing is, everyone keeps everyone everyone keeps bringing up bringing it up. So so she's like, how was the how was the party like? And she's having a conversation with Catalina, and she was like, so how was the party last night? And she goes, oh, it was beautiful. Everyone kept asking if we were just married because we were so happy. And she goes, maybe it's because you can't have children. And then she's with her friend having a coffee, and she's like, oh, how are things? Oh, they're very good. Yeah. And how does your husband feel about the fact that you can't have children? Like, everyone keeps just bringing it up. I was like, that, this poor woman. Yeah. Like, this poor you woman. Know, that kind of explains the thing that I feel Mexicans have no tact. <laughs> yeah. They ha- I think they have too much tact. Well, maybe it's because they don't want to be like a villain. Like a villain, like. exactly. But everyone, No, the thing is that they don't They don't seem to mean wrong. Obviously, the bad, of course. Well, the bad woman clearly means wrong. You know, means <laughs> she's evil in everything she does. But like, her she, friend, they just keep reminding the order because there's clearly nothing else going on with this character except for the fact that she's barren. So they have to keep reminding her of the fact. And she's so hurt by it, obviously. She's like, I can't give children to my husband. I went to the doctor in Salem or whatever and... And, yeah, I don't know. It was like Switzerland because obviously, naturally, you would go to Switzerland. Of course. Like, why did Switzerland become the, the you know the the go to place for doctors? Is it because they have a cross in their flag and people think it's like the hosp- red hospital country? Yeah. <laughs> just like just a country full of hospitals. <laughs> they open the app. and when they come visit, they look so healthy. I mean, a little, I mean, a little bit pale, but no. You open the atlas, like, oh, this is where we're going. <laughs> the hospital country. Let's just go. They must have great hospitals there. Exactly. Like, we only have chocolate here. I'm sorry. <laughs> some chocolate and some sausage. That is all we have here in Bern. And Alps. Right? And Alps. Alps. We have Alps. But yeah, like, she goes to Switzerland. Apparently she went through this whole treatment of like, but they keep bringing it up around. <laughs> and I'm like, 
how dare you judge this woman? Like, for all you know, she's tried everything. Exactly. That poor woman. So, so she got... I can, just, and I can just imagine that being taken, like, in a comedy sketch just to the next level. Like, you know, like, you go to the Oxo, to, like, the, to the convenience <laughs> store in the corner. It's like, what's going to happen? I'm going to have, like, just this Coke and whatever. And the, and, and the girl just charges everything. How's it like being Barry? Yeah. You know, like, and she doesn't even know the girl. It's like, what? It's like, what are you going to have? I'll just take if this they, if, if that poor woman had Twitter... I know. Or Instagram stories with oh, questions. No. Yeah. Like every question. AMA. <laughs> AMA. <laughs> AMA like, except so, that one question. So you know which one. So how does it feel? How does it feel not being able to have any children? It's like, what are you going to have? Oh, I'll just have a, you know, a cup of Greek yogurt and some papaya. Yeah. And the waitress goes, oh, are you having that because you can't have children? Heaven opens up and God comes down. <laughs> I, felt, I felt for her. I genuinely did. Um, I was actually would I watch more of it maybe like you know what it's, it's got a campy quaint feeling about it I do enjoy it there's here's the thing it's so hard to watch a telenovela unironically and I promise I give you my word when I started watching it I was like I'm not going to watch this ironically I'm just going to I'm just going to watch it as what it is. And, you know, like, they have the, the, this huge, like, the, the credits are like a minute and a half long. The beginning credits. And I, yeah, and I've forgotten that was a thing. Yeah. And that was a thing because people and would leave the TV on for hours yeah. and you needed, like, this huge, you know, it's starting, the telenovela is starting. Like, people would identify the music. So I thought it was like, how much of this was, you know, because a, a lot of us, and I include myself in this, I've looked down on telenovelas many times without actually watching them, which is such a horrible thing. And I'll admit I'm a terrible person for doing this, but um, I'm just, I just took it for what it was. I think if you shot this with a better resolution, you know, someone, someone, someone better handling the camera, you know, like get, get El Chivo, you know, to handle I mean, the camera. Anything can be fixed. Well, not anything. There's, there's movies that cannot be fixed and series yeah. too. I, I, but but I think that's unfair in that it is what it is. Like it is you is, can't yeah. just be like, if this were better shot, yes, totally. But it is shot the way it's shot. Exactly. And it, and telenovelas are shot. I mean, it is a way things are shot. Yeah. You know, they they weren't the the camera wasn't accidentally placed. Like those close ups, they were not accidental. They were they were very much. Um, and it may maybe has to do also, you know, with the fact that TVs used to be smaller, and especially. Uh, you're right. You, I didn't even think of that. You, you're right. Because you know, yeah. now you see that, and like if you're watching, if you're watching it on a you know 4K whatever, you have like Catalina Creel, you know. Yeah, even if it's even being, if it's like a half body shot, you it, can see you can see the face really clearly. Yeah, and, and resolution was way better. Yeah. Uh, so maybe you know there, as you said before, uh, there's reasons why things are the way they are, uh, but also I don't think those, all of those reasons were you know quote-unquote, good reasons, because one of the reasons the novelas are the way they are, it's because they were, Televisa literally did not want to improve the quality of their shows. And TV Azteca, same thing. I mean, they wanted it to be shot cheap, they wanted it to be shot fast, and they wanted it to be easily consumable, and, you know, it's done, and on to the next telenovela. Absolutely. Do you know how long uh, Cuna Lobos ran for? Uh, no, I do not, but Does I will find out for homework, sir. I'm sorry, I didn't. No, 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 no. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Uh... I'm asking our producer, who is a non-existent... I'm asking the tamale guy to research this <laughs> Where for is us. the tamale guy? Oh, he should be here presently, don't At worry. At some point. Um, it was... 
I did also just this is just something I do with Mexican TV because I hate how racist Mexican TV is. So I did a quick white person count. Okay. Guess what? Around you know from all the characters that I saw, about forty to fifty percent of them are not white, mm? and they're not like just like. A dark-haired white woman. Like, they're actually very much non-white. They're Latino, properly Latino. Okay. Um, which begs the conclusion, so maybe this whole thing is just from out from when I started watching TV, because this was in the 80s. I wasn't mm-hmm. watching TV in the 80s because I was, you know, busy growing, like... Up. Up. <laughs> in my mother's womb. But, like... All through the 80s. Yeah, it, was a, it was a long pregnancy. <laughs> Fortunately, she can have children, as, a, as opposed to this poor woman right here. <laughs> no, like, um, growing up in the 90s, probably this is something that happened in the 90s. There was this wonderful scene, I want to close with this, because I, I genuinely had to pause it, because I thought it was so funny. Again, with the exposition. I hate exposition. But there was this point where the, the son of this evil woman, he's having a conversation. Where he gets a phone call from his brother, who lives in, uh, I think, in Los Angeles, in the States, somewhere in the States. And he says, brother, I need to borrow money because I've lost a lot at poker. And the, the, the son who is living here, he's like this really clean cut, very handsome guy, you know. Uh, he's got this whole blondish hair and tan, you know, very 80s kind of Luis okay. Miguel kind of look. Um, and he says, you've always been so irresponsible. Mother was always so disappointed in you. And he just goes... She is not my real mother. Remember that. I am adopted. And he's like, you're telling that to your brother. Yeah. He knows this. Like, you don't need to... Like, it's such a... It's so clumsy. And and you know what? I looked up some of the biographies of the writers. These are people who have been writing for a very long time. There is no way these people haven't read some fucking Chekhov at some point in their lives. Oh, of course. Like, they must have read... Like, it's it, it was just... It was the formula. You needed to get as much information into the head of the viewer as possible quickly as quickly I mean as it's a, it's it's a genre and yeah. I mean I think it's a genre that could be improved by showing not telling a lot and I and, and I think that sort of clumsy exposition uh, sort of follows follows us through in Mexican media yeah. and in Mexican movies and and also it it also begs the question like do you do we like the show don't tell because it's actually better or because we're told this is we're being better? snobbish maybe exactly we're, because i mean yeah. th- there is a total snob snob factor for me in, in in not liking and and you know taking pride for a long time like oh i don't know the novelas um because when for a while my grandma lived with us and she did she always religiously watched at least one telenovela so like when she was in the, in the living room watching the Lola, like, everyone just, you know, went their own way. But not because... By that point, I was already a teenager. And, you know, I could be watching whatever... Well, not whatever I wanted, but, you know, like, it's not that we were, you know, told you can't watch this with your grandmother. By that point, we're just, like, so used to thinking that's a novella, that's something I don't want to see. Absolutely. And what little I saw, I was like, this is ridiculous, this is stupid, you know, I hate it. Um, like, I only watched it ironically. Yeah, you can't... Because you can't I was it. an ironic little shit. No, but you can't help it. I mean, sometimes when you're watching something that's so removed from what you really care about, sometimes there's going to be a certain layer of cynicism. And I think being a, a clever viewer is recognizing it. Not necessarily getting rid of it. I don't think you can get rid of it. But just saying, okay, there's a part of me that's being super cynical. Oh, the lighting's terrible. The makeup is appalling. Blah, 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 blah. But still saying, like, you know, this is entertainment. And... 
I firmly believe there is no such thing as good or bad entertainment. There's just entertainment. And uh, some of it will be more story-driven. And some of us have tastes for a good story. And some people just like, you know, the violence. And there's there's something... I, I don't think it, one of them makes you a better person than the other. I, I really genuinely don't think... That I disagree. I do think there's such a thing as bad entertainment. I don't think... Telenovel, or at least all telenovelas fall under bad entertainment. I, this one does. <laughs> I think bad entertainment, it's when there is no creative value in what you're watching. True. Uh, there yeah. are a lot of things, and it's not only telenovelas, but they only exist. And it's not bad to, for something to make money. Things need to make money in order for more things to be made. I'm fine with that. But I do think, for example... Uh, there are some telenovelas that are literally just made, uh, you know, with huge cash cash signs on the eyes of producers, and there's literally no heart behind uh, yeah, it's the production. Just derivative and just riding exactly. on a wave of popularity. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, and yeah, it, right. and it, it happens with American series. It happens with book adaptations. Everywhere. It happens with a new Sonic movie. There's a new Sonic movie. Oh my god! You should watch the trailer. It's awful. But it is really, really much really, like the really, Sonic really, really games. Really the first Sonic games were good, and then everything yeah. went to shit. Um, I just want to close then with this. I, I looked up some uh, newspaper articles about the the you know from that from that time, and I want to mention this quote. Uh, two things. Uh, first, uh, here is uh, okay. For the first time in Mexican history, the National Institute of Fine Arts in Mexico awarded uh, gave a, uh, an award or recognition. Uh, to a telenovela, this in this case for the music, because apparently the music for this telenovela was very iconic. So Did this, you like the music? Uh, I, I thought it was good, actually. I thought I, my the music was probably my favorite part about it. Obviously, there's the time when you know the character just looks at the camera and they cue the music, but it was actually quite the, the you know I thought it was great. And here's something: uh, the day the last episode aired, yes. Mexico City was quote paralyzed like a ghost town. So exciting and gripping was the ending that the next day it was broadcast again. And on the street, you would find signs that said Catalina Krill para Presidente. Wow. And I like that because you know what? I, I like a story where you like the villain. Oh, of course. I enjoy of those course. stories. And because that tells me that the people who are writing the stories, they're actually not taking themselves too seriously. Because if a story takes itself too seriously, you're never going to like the, the villain. It's just going to be like, that person's a monster. You can't like... like mm. If you like a villain, the story has a bit of lightness to it. She has to be so over the top that you like her. We did have, uh, we did have villains as a possible topic for a future episode. And I think we should uh, discuss that further... I, I think you have a, you may have a point, but I think we could also discuss a lot of things of what makes a good villain. Oh, I would love to talk about that. So let's put a pin on that. Yes. Uh, and go. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start doing this. Ah, how have I never u- done? I, I'm going to I'm going to dress as her for Halloween. I'm going to dress as Catalina Cruz. Yeah, yeah no. I mean, she's iconic for a reason. She is iconic. She is yeah. iconic for a reason. I, 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 mean, I can see. Yeah. Uh, telenovelas, you know, I don't know a lot about telenovelas, but I did, but, but I know that look. I know that villain. Uh, and I, I mean, I didn't know, I don't know exactly, I didn't know she killed people before breakfast. It was beautiful. That's quite amazing. And efficient. Uh, efficient. Yes. I mean. 
in the orange juice, which is kind of ironic if you think about it. You're drinking orange juice because it's, it's healthy. healthy. It's healthy. It's gonna kill you. Yes. Anyway, um, so yeah. This uh, is why I have vodka. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can see if someone poured everything. Exactly. You taste the vodka has such a subtle flavor that I know it's like... Is this clonazepam in my vodka? <laughs> I like Can it. Can I have more? <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? What about me? Uh, so you gave me assignment of watching um, Mirada de Mujer. Yes. Eyes of a woman or look of a woman. Yes. It's usually translated as eyes of a woman. Uh, why did you decide to? Because this was the me... first telenovela that my parents watched. Oh. It was such an interesting thing. Both my parents are immigrants. And they always felt, and I always saw them as kind of removed from Mexican culture. And this one time, I remember I, I remember so well, we were having lunch. And my father, he says to my mother, he says, we should start watching Mirada de Mujer because everyone is raving about this thing. Everyone's just, like, they love it. This, uh... And, and this was such a shock for me because my parents never, ever watched uh, telenovelas. So that's literally the only reason. It, it came to my mind because I was like, if my parents watched it and enjoyed it, because they did, they loved it, it must have been good. Like, there must have okay. been something good about it. So, what did you think? Well, there are good things about it, I'll, I'll say. Um, okay, here's the thing. Uh, this does not start in the middle of, I mean, not with a huge, like, review, like, I know your secret. Um, this, it's obvious, I mean, not obvious, but I feel that this is a very pointed attempt by TV Azteca, which was the rival, um, which is, you know, kind of the underdog always. And, you know, uh, here in Mexico, we have two main TV empires. We have Televisa, who is the king, and TV Azteca, who is always trailing, trailing behind. And TV Azteca in order to get more ratings, started to do telenovelas that were, that tried to be, um, ha- have a different production values. And you can tell this is kind of it, because the camera often will be placed in, you know, kind of awkwardly, but trying to look for interesting angles. Not, a lot of times not working, like you can't see the characters, it, there's a whole bunch of stuff in the way. So it's like, you, I can tell that you are trying to emulate, uh, this is uh, this this actually ran from 1997 to 1998, and I did go to film school, so I know that this is a this is a part of film history where people were trying to like do interesting things with the camera placement and like making it more realistic by putting it, put the camera behind a bookshelf. So have your have your uh, screen is just a bookshelf, and the characters are on top of that talking, and sometimes it works. Sometimes the camera is just some, like, it seems like they just dropped the camera somewhere in the room and you can't see the faces of people. The action is just taking place, like, far, far away. And you're like, why are we here? Are we... Although, you know, now that I think about it, maybe it was this idea of, like, we're spying on these yeah, people. Yeah, we're, we're meant to feel something. Which makes no sense because the next scene is you with a huge close-up of the character. Yeah. Um, they were trying something. They were trying something. Okay. And, okay, so... Uh, the fir- I, I saw the first episode, and then I saw a one-hour-long um, summary of I don't, like there's, there was a f- there were five there were five summaries. I watched one and a half. That's what I watched. So um, immediately, uh, <laughs> like in your telenovela, in this telenovela, the problem of the main character um, is that she is old. She's old, and people are constantly reminding her of the fact that she is old. 
Um, and she's always like you, and you can tell that she's affected. Uh, that <laughs> I, I didn't. A flower just fell. <laughs> I'm sorry, flower. I she wasn't is so, old. You're young. She is you're, old. This, they tell you you need to talk nicely to plants. I have this beautiful orchid in my dining room where we are currently recording this. And as Martin was I'm just talking murdered. about, was just talking about how she's so worried about aging. One of the orchid flowers felt. Oh, so dramatically. It was very poetic. It was very poetic. Also, I think I might be killing this plant because these are not supposed to fall off so quickly. So I, I, will, I wonder what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> um, so where was I? Okay, so that starts. Uh, you learn before she, that the main character, the main character is this, it's, you know, she's Trenola uh, Mom. You know, she is, I think she's kind of almost 50. Uh, she's been, you know, she, Most of her life has been her marriage. She, she has three children. Uh, the three are... They cannot speak in a tone that isn't, you know, yelling at each other and their mom. You know, you can tell that the family isn't quite together. Um, the older... The oldest daughter is... Uh, went to, she, She's studying law and she wants to uh, inherit uh, her father's uh, company, who's also, he's also a lawyer. Uh, the older son actually became a musician, so he's shamed, you know, the dad is ashamed that his son is a musician because he should have been a lawyer. And he's, like, you know, writing new, like, electronic music. You can tell he's a bottom right away. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's actually a gay scare. Uh, with oh, him. my goodness. Yes. Well, uh, this was the 90s. 90s, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. And then they have the youngest daughter... And I think the direction for this daughter, every time the camera's rolled, is just scream your lines and act as if you're unhinged. Because every single line, she, she just, like, she has no middle ground. She will, <laughs> she is, and it's kind of awkward because, like, all of the other characters are trying for this more realistic acting. And then she just walks into the scene and becomes, you know, a John Waters character just yelling her lines, like, She's like, it's, you know, it's 6 a.m. Like, just... Your, your dad hasn't even drunk his poison yet. So exactly. Like... It's, it's, we, could, we could just have a moment. Yeah. <laughs> All of the characters you start seeing, the youngest daughter, who's also, you know, like, ah! Turns out she's bulimic. Uh, you learn this in the first episode. And the whole first episode, it's about setting the fact that, you know, this woman is uh, almost 50 And she, her her husband doesn't look at her anymore. There's this whole, there's this very long scene in which she is desperately trying to connect with them. Like, oh, we haven't gone to the beach and whatever. And the guy just doesn't budge, you know. And by this point, you know, he has a mistress that's 25 years younger than than his wife. So you're really feeling for this woman. Uh, it is, and I have to admit that the uh, the actress uh, Angelica Aragon, who plays Maria Inés, who is the main character, she she does. I mean, she she does monologue a little bit, which is annoying. Like, there's a part where she, like her children go, and she, and she's like doing a shopping list, and you know her maid is helping her to do the, sh the write the shopping list, and she's like, "What do I need to remember?" And she's like, and then she starts doing a list like, "Oh, pork chops, chicken, whatever." All these things I need to remember because I'm a mother. That's all I am. 
After all this time, I'm just a mother with children and don't respect her, and a husband that doesn't look at her. And I need to remember that. Like, honey, grab a pen and paper. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's a soliloquy. She's just like expressing. Yeah. This, and he's like, oh, and peony. And I know yeah. what the fact they're going for. And for me, it was just completely bringing me out of the experience. Cause it's like, why are you monologuing, woman? <laughs> Why are you even doing this? Like, what? I mean, because also the scene actually did a pretty good job of showing what was happening. So literally, the monologue seemed like a way to tell the audience, which it probably was. You know, like, if you haven't, if you don't know what's happening, if you were doing something and you came in halfway through the scene and you need a recap of what's happening right now, this is what's happening right now. And she's, she's, I saw Angelica Aragona in a play Mm -hmm. a, a few years back and she is a brilliant actress she is like she knows what she's doing so maybe that was a problem with the writing you know it's like she was like i can i can i i have it like i can i can express this without i've seen enough novelas to know that monologues are a staple of genre yes uh like villain monologues in the novelas are a thing where it's like you they have the villain it's like james bond villain but without james bond in the room it's just just and then i will do this and that and that you're alone who you're talking to (laughs) They have a recorder. Uh, Maybe. Step step one, take over the Chinese market. The things I need to remember because I'm a mother. No, wait, I'm a villain. Um, Buy more poison. I'm out. (laughs) Because that's what I do. I'm a mother. I buy things. I'm going to buy poison. So so the first episode, it sets the family, which is the the father, his mistress, um, the children... Uh, the the best friends of the couple, which is another couple, uh, and they're always talking, and you know, and they're very dismissive. Like you can tell, like this is the theme of the of the telenovela because they're always saying like women don't do this, women like women are old, women can have uh, you know like lovers, whatever. She does have another friend who happens to be divorced. And she gets the short end of the stick because she, you know, she's slut-shaming personified. It's like, look at this woman. Do not be this woman. Um, you can tell there is a discourse behind it. Like, Yeah, I mean, it tries to be, I do admit, it tries to be... Nuanced. Nuanced. Yeah, yeah. And it tries to be neutral. And, it try, it, and, and you can tell that, that they're trying to open up discussions in a way that maybe other telenovelas would never... I mean, for example, the, uh, the main uh, conflict for the older daughter is that she gets pregnant. Uh, and she doesn't want this, the baby because, of course, she wants her career. And the, but the husband... Not the husband. The boyfriend wants her to have the baby. And then in the end, uh, she does keep the baby. But it's, but it's played very much in that way of, of course, she couldn't have an abortion because abortions are bad. And only bad women get abortions. Um, uh, there's this whole thing with drugs later on, which is hilarious because the, the, the youngest, the younger daughter of course wants to get yeah, drugs. Yeah. And like, there's this part where she has a friend that is literally telling her, I will, everyone, all the women have one friend that is just the bad advice friend. That literally tells them, like, the worst thing you could be doing right now is this, and you should do it. So, anyway. But then you get to meet a guy who's going to be Angelica Aragon's lover, younger lover. Oh, she... Oh. Yes, of course, she gets a younger lover. And he, his name in the in the novela is Alejandro Salas, which was kind of jarring, because I have an uncle named exactly that. Did he have a lover? <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh... And he's played by Ari Telch. I don't know. Ari Telch is... I don't know who decided that Ari Telch was going to define good-looking men in a telenovela. And maybe he, they were 
that. I do not think Aritelchi is that attractive. I don't think he acts in a way that makes him really attractive. And he gets to be the quote-unquote funny character. And I massive air quotes on that. Because the writers were like, okay, this is a funny thing he can say. And it's not a funny dialogue. And he does not have the delivery for it. I do. I do. But I do want to give him kudos on this one thing. Because, again, I am the crazy gay activist. Um, the, the gay scare that I mentioned. Okay. Ooh, yes. So, um, the, the son, who's a musician, who's a musician and is the shame of his father for being a musician... Um, and you know it's, this is not played subtly like the dad hates him um, and he starts having a love affair with the mom's slutty friends so it's also like ooh ooh edgy edgy oh, yeah. so um, and through several things that happens the mom thinks I mean Angelica Aragon uh, characters think that he's gay And they have a conversation about it. But before that, she goes to a bookstore. And she's, like, going around the bookstore. And uh, uh, someone comes to her. A woman at a bookstore? It was the 90s. They were finally allowed. (laughs) (laughs) Look at all the things you can read. There's so much more than cookbooks. Oh, my God. Uh, so she's there, and uh, and this is one actually one of the scenes that are like there's a there's a bookshelf in front of the camera, and she's like being shot very tastefully behind the bookshelf as she browses, and then a, a, like a bookstore uh, employee comes in and asks her what are you looking for, and she says oh, you know like whatever, and like and then she turns like actually I'm looking for a book on homosexuality. And the bookstore employee answers, well, that's not going to be here because this is the medicine section and that's not a, and that's not a disease. Uh, like, that's textually, I mean, Spanish, but that's what they said. So I will take you to where the gay books are. And the psychology section. The psychology section. <laughs> the mental disease. I will take you where they are. And then they kicked her out of the fucking books. We don't have gay books. This is not book. a church. Get out. No, uh, so, but like, this was, I, I saw this in the, in the recap, uh, so I'm pretty sure a lot of things happened in the middle, but it, that's a textual line in the, the novella, like, the, the homosexuality what is not at 1997. Okay, this may seem like weird if, if you're from the States and you're listening. No. Like, because back then you had Will and Grace. Which was like yeah. doing these massive things for like oh it's, it's not a disease to be gay or whatever like you know, the the successful gay person or whatever but here in Mexico to have someone utter that line which I'm gonna say obviously clearly this is a scriptwriter having an agenda and hey I mean the go whole, ahead the whole right, the novella yeah. is about having an agenda exactly the, novel, the novella is literally about older, you know, uh, and and it's not subtle at all. You know, it is not subtle at all. It's about, um, there's a a scene way later on in which, because of course she starts having an affair with Aritelch, who is, who is so hairy. He's like a bear. Oh, you must have been all over that. He wasn't that cute though, no. He he was not attractive. I was like, saw him like, I was like, really Angelica, you could do so much better, man. Maybe they were going for that as well. Like maybe Maybe. they, they were going for it's not necessarily the traditionally handsome, you know, telenovela. And, and that is character, punk. who's Alejandro Salas. He's also played, he's playing this um, journalist who, because uh, Angelica's husband, the very, very older guy, um, he's, he works for a, I forget what kind of company, 
but he's a lawyer and he's about to go into politics. So he's and uh, and the journalist starts, you know, investigating him for like shady deals. So he's kind of like you know this like younger, fresher. You know, he you know he wants to help the employees of this guy with a strike, and you know he's like uh, completely you know again not subtle. He's like the complete opposite. So yeah, maybe they were going for a guy who doesn't look that good. Uh, but he doesn't look that good. He doesn't good. look that good. And they dr- don't dress him that good either. Like, the first... Uh, although, again, the interesting things they do with the camera. He has the neighbor lady, and you never see her, but their walls in their apartment are so thin, they're always having conversations. And it's an interesting thing they do, because, like, you know, he will come out, and the neighbor would have just left, like, a milk bottle right there for him to pick up. Because that's happened in the 90s in Mexico, apparently. Um, And then he would, like, go... Like, they would have, like, this um, long shot in which they would follow Aritech across the apartment. And he would just be talking to this woman's voice on the other side of the apartment. Uh, Aritech is also a single dad, by the way. Not the best single dad, but he's also a single dad. And a divorcee. Um, so there's so much to keep track on <laughs> you can tell that they're trying things though they're I mean, trying it was yeah. it did have an agenda and it did want to shock people we we, we have abortion storyline the the gay storyline uh, I did not watch the whole thing I don't know I don't know exactly uh, how it happened uh, but it does seem that um, Marianese the mom Marianese was very much willing to open up to a gay son Turns out the son isn't gay, so yeah. it's just a gay scare. And but but the son does tell her, if I were gay, I would tell you. So it was a very like I was surprised to see that because I honestly thought that any sort of gay thing, you know, gay theme being treated in the novela at that time would be, if not more discriminatory, way more awkward and way more moralistic, jarring, jarring. Yeah. But it was, in fact, again, you know, just that line, just imagining a whole generation of gay guys listening to a person telling Angelique Aragon in, on television, homosexuality is not a disease. You know, that's life-changing for people. Absolutely. That is, uh, especially for people, this was, you know, broadcasted nationwide, you know? Like, yeah, maybe that made your parents, parents start arguing about how it actually is. But, you know, it is, it was something, you know... Yeah, maybe cool. some parents were like, bah, of course it's a disease. But there you have someone mm-hmm. on TV saying that's wrong. So that's... Yeah. I mean, maybe we're just, like, counting our blessings here. But still, yeah. I think it's I think it's very valuable. I think it is pretty much counting, counting blessings. And, you know, for as much as I can complain about gay representation in Mexican media, we just had a, a telenovela, had, a, had this, have this huge event with two main gay characters. Uh, just now? Uh, yeah, just okay. just read, I forget the name of the novela, but the two characters were called. One of them was called Aristoteles, and the other way I forget the other one. The ship Plato. The ship name was called Aristemo. Okay. And now they're they're thinking of doing a whole show for the both of them because they were so popular, uh, and you know people are loving them, and you know it's and it, and and you know coming back to tu mirada de mujer. I don't think we would be here if writers and producers and directors hadn't thought from then we need to start, you know, breaking ground on this thing. So I was really, I was really, you know, surprised, if not refreshed to see that. 
but still. Okay, there's a lot of... Here's the thing. There's a lot of genre things in the novelas that, yeah, maybe I've trained myself not to like, but I just don't like. It's very, it's a very cliche thing. Like, for example, the daughter... The daughter gets herself in a car crash, the younger daughter, and she expressly gets herself in a car crash so that both her parents have to, have to visit her in the hospital and then they can, you know, get together and, you know, save their marriage. The daughter constantly yells at her mother, like, you're making, you, you, it's your fault that my father left us. Again, she has no middle ground. She's either incomplete. She's shrill completely, course, yeah. Because she's a teenage girl and teenage girls. That's what they are. Exactly. Um, so for the novella that's trying to like talk about, you know, oh, how women are treated uh, in media and everywhere, it's also at the novella that treats women and in a very, in some very problematic ways. Well, um, so, you know, one step forward, a couple steps back. It's kind of like a mambo here. It's Ooh. just like, yeah. I do love also that there's no whispering in, I mean, of course, unless... You're, you're told these two characters are whispering in which they're talking to each other yeah. and the rest of the people can't hear them just because, you know, we're, we're pretending. But other than that, they're just yelling at each other the whole time. And it was really annoying. Because <laughs> it's like, do, we have an in, do you have an inside voice? Like, can we have a conversation here? Well... Or- you know, it's it's a convention also. I mean, it's a convention. I know. It's kind no. of like on the stage where people are like, have you heard that the Count is here with the Marquis? Oh. And like, it's not really, a, it's not really. I get it. And I get, and I get that maybe that I, I was I was raised in different media, which makes me, uh, it makes it hard for me to watch this and makes it hard for me to watch this without constantly being pulled out of the story and without constantly being wanting to make fun of everything I see on screen. Because um, when, when the daughter crashes her car in order to get her parents again, together again because she watched The Parent Trap and she thought it was a great idea um, like you hear the car crash and then the last thing you see is just the rim of the wheel rolling and falling and I'm like I know this is a cliche and we are in 2019 and you know this is a cliche for a reason but in 1997 that was already a cliche yes this is true <laughs> this is true like we, we don't really own that cliche anymore no, no no I mean there's so many ways to have done that differently and for a series that's trying to do like things you know interestingly it still is like crash Shot of rim of wheel just rolling away and falling. So, sta- so tasteful. Tasteful, very tasteful. Understand. And then for the ne- next couple of episodes, the daughter just have like has like a little patch on her forehead, <laughs> and that because she had to go to the hospital to get that little one patch on, on on her forehead. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, it's shorthand. We can't I really get expect it. that, but like, yeah, I think you might be a, you might be being a bit unfair. Like, oh, the crash. I think yeah. I mean, yeah. How do you watch more of it? Uh, I, I, I'm thinking of watching the whole... I mean, I am thinking of watching the whole recap. Summary, yeah. Because it's only five hours instead of uh, however long it, it actually is. Uh, and it does, like... You can very much follow the story. I'm pretty sure I'm missing, like, important things here and there. But it, I am kind of wondering, like, what's going to happen with this guy? Because, like, the last thing I saw... Um, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. There's no real antagonist on this story, which is interesting. Uh, everyone is the villain in someone else's story. 
And even, you know, characters like the young teenage daughter. What's her name? I, oh my god, what's her name? Uh, Monica. 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 Okay. I forget the actress name, but, but, and she's just, she's just, ah. Like, the last thing that happened with her is that uh, she decided to finally to have drugs. So she called a friend so they could call a dealer to get drugs. Get me some drugs. And it's like, these people are like, you know, you're working in Televisa. You know how drugs work. This is not how drugs work. But anyway, <laughs> fine. <laughs> so, you're in the Mexican show business. Nobody you know needs to tell work. you. These people are rich. They don't go out to shady parking lots to get drugs. They have, they have them delivered. So anyway, the daughter calls a friend and she says... I'm gonna have the drugs, the drugs, like just all of them, you know. Give me the drugs. So uh, they call the guy. They they arrange a pickup in some shady parking lot somewhere because that's how rich kids get drugs in Mexico. Sure, that's let's go with that. So they go there, and of course the cops fall down on that. They're like crash on that thing. Of course, um, because you can tell it's fiction. Of course, of course, of course. And they're like, and it's like a whole, you know, it's it, it's like this guy selling drugs and it's like 50 cops all like, oh, we're keeping the people safe. Uh, and so they arrest her and, and of course, everyone's blaming every single family issue on this woman because she's old and she would, and she was too permissive with her children and she's separated because she didn't, you know, take enough care of her husband. And because she didn't just go like, oh, it's fine, have a lover, it's fine, I'm old. It's fine, I like, don't care. Uh, so everyone is just wailing on this woman for being old and a bad mother. Um, <laughs> you know, it's... But I like how there's no bad guy. Like no bad guy. But her mom, oh my God, her mom. Her mom is just this really, just just cesspool of... Horrible conserve conservator conservative conservatory. Yeah, she keeps plants and she keeps them well. I, I, is this conservative? conservative? Yeah, right. Sorry, yeah. conservative ideas. Um, but are they presented in a good light? No, That's, no. That, I like. No, I mean, yes and no. Okay. I mean, again, not subtle. Like she will go, like, of course you can't have a lover. You're a woman. And you will never be able... So on the one hand, yeah, she's portrayed as very much as the villain. She's, like, if we were going to have an antagonist on this story. She is the closest thing we're going to have as an antagonist on this story. Because, you know, you could pretend that she's doing things for the well-being of her daughter and her family and everything. But she's also very much kind of a bitch. Well, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's very interesting that they've... You know, they, they seem to be... It seems to be an attempt at rewriting certain cliches yeah. you know like some of these series and it happens in the US TV as well like you know how some TV series you just watch them and you say like I see where you're trying to go it's not entirely successful yeah. but good effort good on you like I remember for example um, uh, Brothers and Sisters yes did you ever I don't I never watched it uh, well we will discuss it when we talk about um, The House of Flowers I think because I think The House of Flowers is essentially Mexican Port of that, but brothers and sisters was this thing of every character must be nuanced, every character must be sympathetic to a degree. Even the characters that you don't like at first, they will have something that will make you go, "Oh, I get it." Which is kind of like where TV has landed right yeah. now. Like even things like, I mean, Game of Thrones. What I didn't like about Game of Thrones in the last couple of seasons was like the the bad guy or the bad woman. Really, uh, the bad woman. She, she used to bad. be. She yeah. <coughs> She used to have these kind of small redeeming qualities. Like, you can tell she loves her children. And you can tell she is doing what she can in this world. Where she, but 
Now she's just gone full, you know, off the deep end. Of course, then again, <laughs> it's justified in the sense that she has clearly gone insane, but and believably, believably gone insane. Yes. But still, um, I, but I you lost, you, you lost no one's. No, here, I mean, again, it, it, it is, it is the most nuanced telenovela I've seen. I'm pretty sure nowadays, if I watched something, it, it would, I hopefully it would be like that, but. It was very much an attempt into talking about a lot of things that uh, were on people's minds at the time yeah. and that they wanted to give like different points of views. Of course, you, of course, if the father had learned that the, the kid was gay, he would have, you know, kicked him out of the house. And the last you see of the kid is he's so in love with the mom's friend that he's now become a drunk. Um And the father is insisting that uh, the the daughter, the older daughter, the pregnant one, needs to marry as soon as possible, so that they can have, so they can pretend that the child was conceived in wedlock. Yeah, exactly. And in that, the, the grandma also agrees, and she's like, oh, "We won't have our family name tarnished yeah. by you." And blah 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 blah. Um, so it is. It is. It was. It was surprising. I again. I. I think I'll watch the rest of the recaps because I can. I can listen to them while I'm doing some other stuff on my computer. Uh, but it is. But I am. I was very much pleasantly surprised by the content, even if the form continuously just was more of what I knew that novelas were as a genre. Like, of yeah. course, the mom's always wearing, like, a little cross on her, on her chest. She because, is. you know, she's because a good, Jesus. She's a good yeah. Catholic woman. Um, again, they're all, all shouting at each other all the time. They, 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 they have no middle ground, which, you know, for me, coming from Felicity, <laughs> where everyone whispered. Everyone's whispering. Everyone. Yeah. Hey, Ben, what's happening? I never watched Felicity. Oh my god, I like. I can't Cobra. say I want to now, but still. Fel Felicity, it, you should watch the ending of Felicity just to see the, how crazy it went in the end. It was it was amazing, uh, but also I, I will say this is one of the good thing with the novelas. The novelas end. They don't have this thing where like we need to have a, a you know a million seasons of these characters. You know they True. come to a fucking end. So one of the reasons why I want to finish watching these recaps is because I want to know where it all ends. Because if it does all end with in the end the guy comes back to the woman and they're all you know and blah 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 blah. I mean there are ways for that to work. Uh, I did not talk about the mistress character. The mistress character is also quite uh, developed. And she also has a friend that's nothing but bad advice. Uh, and actually, I have the theory that the, the, the friend of this woman is an imaginary friend that just <laughs> tells her, you know, weird shit. The bad uh, friend. Yeah. Just the bad friend. Because, like, the first, the, the, first, the first time she sees, like, he's like, he's never going to leave his wife for you. You know, that never happens. You're going to be 40 and you're going to have wasted your life, you know, pining for this. And again, you know, six-year-old guy, and I'm like, girl, look at you. You're 25. You could do so much better than this dude. True. Like, you could have a very cuter sugar daddy, if that's what you want. <laughs> But she loves him. She loves and him. And he loves her. But he doesn't love his wife anymore. But he's going to leave her because it's too, they're too old. What's the point? Never, the, never was there a better reason to be with an ugly person than love. Well, that's true. <sighs> to be in love. So, um, after all this whole thing, what I will say is that I learned the novelas are way more nuanced than I thought they could be and this was 20 years ago because it's 1997, yeah, 1998 so 
but I also don't know if I can really get into the genre. Yeah, it's interesting that we watched ten novellas that were so like in such different moments in history, and how you know, like clearly, uh, Cuna de Lobos was like the culmination of a series of cliches yeah. that were going kind of like what in comics we'd call like the Silver Age, where it's like everything has become a caricature of itself, and from this caricature some genuinely creative moments can happen where it's just like, you're no longer taking it so seriously. So why should we, you know, have this woman glare at the camera for seven episodes where we're going to have her murder someone in her first scene and just run with it completely? And I thought that was great. And, and then you have yours, which is like trying to go in a different direction, which is a direction that was like a global direction that we've been yeah. going towards. Yeah, yeah. And again, part of it was because the Azteca was... Uh, had to fight for ratings as a second horse in that race. Yeah. Uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Oh. Uh, so they were, they were, they had a, they had an interest in doing things that were different and that would set them apart from the competition. Uh, but again, coming back to this whole thing of good entertainment and bad entertainment, I would consider uh, Mira de Mujer good entertainment in that you could see that there's a lot of thought behind all of this just being constrained not only by the genre um, impositions of style yeah, the that conventions, the, yeah. the conventions that were they were also trying to do interesting again with the camera even if sometimes that didn't quite work um, but you have to understand that the novelas here in Mexico are produced like a sweatshop like you just keep you churning get, them out you, yeah yeah you like on one day you could have several episodes shot and you know uh it's this thing where screen like screenplays are just being you know you know printed out like very quickly writers writers fiction. writers don't have writers don't have a lot of time to um to like think about what, what what's going on on the paper a lot of actors don't really even learn the lines. They're being fed their lines through uh, earpiece because there's no time to learn them. Like, yeah. you have to shoot so much in one day that uh, that this is just like quick, 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 quick. And, and that, of course, changes, if not affects, the end product. But this, I mean, it's, it's it, it, again, 20 years ago, uh, it was an attempt to uh, diversify and just grow the genre um, to the point where I think that a lot of people just know the novelas for the cliches of the novelas of the time of Cuna de Lobos and we kind of we haven't caught up to everything that's been happening in the novelas ever since true <clears throat> and speaking of what's been happening in the novelas ever since uh, while Martin was droning on I uh, I'm sorry I took no I took the liberty to, to search for this at its demo thing yes um Turns out it was the first gay kiss between two men broadcast uh, on Mexican uh, TV, like non-cable TV. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the two boys. They're stupidly handsome, both of them. They kind of both look 
the same. same. Like they're, they're, and they're white. They're both, but they're, 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 white. they're both white, and they both have the same hair, and they're both like it's kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. a guy kissing a mirror. Like and, this is just and, a guy and, and, and to be mirror. and to be fair, like a lot of gay couples I know, it's like you cloned yourself. They, they, like, yeah, they, they look like yeah, and, and it happens with straight couples I know, which yeah, is even exactly. more disturbing. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. Um, but then like I'm looking at yeah, I, I just like looked at some of what the media is saying, and I like how, for example, there's the the portmanteau name, yeah. which is like happens in fandom all of the course. time. I'm gonna Stop you right now because I think we, we, we're going to talk about Aristemo. We need to talk. We need to research we? Aristemo okay. and Fine. talk about it Good. in another episode. So Let's stop, stop yammering. So we stop you right there. Um, and and so I won't complain about the things I have to complain about Aristemo. Uh, but this has been not a novela episode. Like a lot of the novelas, it has been longer than it should be. Well, we can cut. We can cut. Mostly Martins. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, no I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for stopping by today. Thank you so much. Happy Cinco by de the, Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo. And this has been Mexicans. We didn't say the beginning thing where we're like, because we're Mexican. And we simply can't. Yeah, but, we, but could we? We did. We couldn't. Yeah. We just we, we just couldn't. And that's... Mm, and yeah. now we did. And now we, we, we just did. Which is very satisfying.